My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. The rest. Hey guys and gals, how you doing this fine evening? Uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Fan Holes. Uh, tonight we are doing something we've started doing recently. It's become almost a tradition. This is Transformer Tuesdays. This is a little side project we've been doing along with some other shows where we zone in on one specific topic and we talk about all the various media, comics, toys, whatever there has to do with this one type of franchise. Um, obviously, by the title, we're talking about Transformers tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about one of the most, I guess you would say, beloved TV shows, The Beast Wars. However, as we said, we do try to get more specific in our topics. So tonight, we're going to be talking about Beast Wars, the finale, Nemesis Parts 1 and 2. This pretty much closed Beast Wars, and there is a lot of good... And unfortunately, even though it's Beast Wars, there is some stuff that, while maybe not bad, was kind of, eh? So, however, uh, before we get into that, I would like to introduce my other fan hole who's with me tonight. Uh, we've only got two tonight, guys. It's a two-man crew tonight, so um, I'll be Batman, and he'll be Batman too, because really, he wants to be Robin. You know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, go ahead and introduce yourself, sir. Hey, it's Mike. I'm the Batman of Earth 2. <laughs> there you go. This is Depth Charge. Red activity spotted in Grid Skyline. Confirmed. Strike team ready to deploy. Fall back until their arrival. Blow it out your exhaust port optimal. X is down there. I'm going in. Depth Charge! Depth Charge, fall back! Ah. Hit it, butts. The moment is now. Transform and finish it. Yeah, so like I said, we're going to be talking about talks Beast Wars. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I'll give you a quick overview of what the Beast Wars is. Uh, at the end of Generation 2, which was pretty much a filler line for Hasbro just to make some toys and make some money, they basically did a very hard like kind of reboot of the toy line. However, in the TV show, they kept going with G1, and that slowly transferred into the toys. Beast Wars was a show about a bunch of Maximals and Predacons, these would be your Autobots and Decepticons, who come to what we will later learn is prehistoric Earth and assume animal alt modes. Unlike G1, however, these animal alt modes were completely organic looking, like the monkey looked like a monkey. Now, a lot of people love this series. A lot of people still to this day, you, you will hear the trope, truck not monkey. Uh, <laughs> Those people are on crack. Yeah, this is a really good series. Even the first uh, season, even though it started off a little rough, it got really good even near the end of the first season. So those people are just 
let's not make fun of them too much. They're just simply uninformed. We'll just go with that. Now, now you know a little bit about the Beast Wars. I won't want to give away too much because the finale we're talking about gives away a lot of the stuff that we're going to go into. However, I would figure that the best person to go to on this is like pretty much one of the people I consider our local historian on uh, Transformers television shows and comics. Mike, why don't you tell us about the first part of this two-part uh, episode? All right, then. Thank you, Tony. Um, let, I guess we'll go episode by episode. So I, before we start, I guess I'll give a quick synopsis of Nemesis Part 1, which is Part 1, as Tony said, of the series finale of Beast Wars. Um, it's written by Bob Forward, very reliable, like, standard writer on Beast Wars. Wrote a lot of, like, you know what he called the most famous episodes and was like one of the story editors. So he came up with a lot of like the concepts and whatnot, but, uh, nemesis part one, um, pretty much opens up with, uh, tiger Hawk, who was just introduced last episode, uh, doing some weird, like Tai Chi, like in front <laughs> of the art, the, uh, arc. And, uh, while he's doing this, uh, Optimus primal is reading from the covenant of primus, which is basically like I guess the Transformers equivalent of the Bible or whatever, and you know he's he's describing passages that like directly pertain to current events with, that describe like the coming of Tiger Hawk and uh, the the destruction of the Predacon base and uh, Megatron and his troops being cast out onto the land or whatever. Rat Trap's kind of like ah, I don't believe this, you know, preordained crap, and you know, like I guess I'm, I'm I might be kind of with Rat Trap because I'm kind of like, well, all those passages are really uh, specific and all, but it, it seems like if they were that specific, like wouldn't like Megatron have read ahead and said, oh, this says I lose, <laughs> like oh, <laughs> it's like, the, and and so the dragon got his ass kicked, you know, <laughs> Megatron just like, like I don't want to skip ahead, I want to find out how it ends. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like that's I guess that's kind of a flaw, but you know, we'll we'll get into that I guess eventually. But uh anyway, uh Depth Charge and Silver Bolt are uh, scouting around. They're like trying to find like the Predacons after their base was destroyed by Tiger Hawk uh, last episode and uh the Predacons are like, you know, just hanging around hiding from maximal patrols and uh uh Basically, Megatron says, like, you know, we're going to, like, search the ruins of Tarantulas's, uh lair, uh, Tarantulas having died also the previous episode, and Megatron figures he'll find a way to, like, turn things around in Tarantulas's lair. Um, he sends Inferno, Quickstrike, and Waspinator off to find, in Inferno's words, a new colony, or, like, a new base of operations. Honestly, I think he's just trying to get them out of the way because he doesn't want to deal with them right now. But, you know, yeah, uh, yeah like give them something to do, basically. But, um, Busy work. And what, exactly, yeah. Like, go go do something, sub-commander, yeah, so I don't have to listen to you anymore. Then, basically, he has Rampage and Dinobot, like, uh, sift through the ruins of Tarantulas' uh, lair, and Dinobot finds, like, a hidden passageway that leads underneath Tarantulas' lair, so he, he, what do you call, he, they, they go underneath that, um... Depth Charge locates, like, the Predacons, and he radios for reinforcements, and uh, Optimus Primal, uh, Tiger Hawk, uh, Cheetor, and Black Arachnia go and, like, meet up, go head out to meet up with uh, Depth Charge and Silver Bolt to, uh, you know, hopefully, like, take care of the Predacons once and for all, but 
they're they're too by the time they get there they're too, they're too late and depth charge is kind of like sifting through the rubble and trying to figure out where they went which i don't know how much sense it makes shouldn't he have seen if he saw them shouldn't he have seen that they went down underground or whatever but i don't know i guess we'll get into that he, did, he didn't read ahead either yeah, exactly. He didn't read the covenant. He didn't read the covenant of Primus, where it said like, "And lo, the dragon went underground," you know, <laughs> in the hidden passageway of the spider's lair or whatever. But, but uh, in whatever case, um, underneath the lair, uh, Megatron finds like a like a sort of submersible that uh, Tarantulas has dis- uh, constructed, and uh, he looks up on like there's this. Uh, like sort of readout thing, and he figures out there's something that Tarantulas had been working on that's definitely going to give him, like, the edge back. So he tells Dinobot and Rampage to, like, follow him. They take the sub, and they they go along a predetermined track underwater. Which, which I didn't um, realize till now, but the sub looks a lot like the rod pod. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, pre- it's preordained. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, um, up top, uh, they finally find the uh, the secret entrance, but uh, there's a very cartoony-looking bomb that Megatron left in the doorway. So when Depth Charge opens it, the bomb goes off, and uh, it <laughs> I don't know how, but it like it just knocks Depth Charge and Optimus Primal over, but it like totally like ruins Silverbolt's day. Like it knocks him, you know, the fuck out, and like damages him quite severely. So by the time like Tigerhawk and Cheetor and Black Arachnia get there, like Silverbolt's falling apart, and Cheetor's like, well, I guess we're headed back to base, and like he drags Silverbolt back, and him and Black Arachnia like return to base and uh basically uh depth charge tiger hawk and optimus prime will go after megatron and the gang they find the same like station where the submersible was and uh optimus primal reads the same like computer that megatron had been looking at and he basically discovers like tarantulas had discovered the nemesis which is the retconned name of the decepticon war cruiser that uh, originally shot down the Ark and then sort of drifted off and crashed and on pl- somewhere on planet Earth. Um, the original cartoon, I think, the original cartoon is really, like, not really, like, concerned with what happened to that ship, really. Like, it shows up, I think, in Microbots, like, when, you know, yeah, Megatron yeah. finds the heart of Cybertron, like, where he's like, oh, yes, that that's the cruiser that took us to Earth, or whatever. Yeah, because for but, the longest time, when you watched the cartoon, you thought that the, the their base underneath the ocean was the nemesis. You're like, oh, yeah, they just, like, made it into a base, and then it's like, well, a little while later, they're just like... No, we totally made a new base. This is the old ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like well, I think it was like that ship they constructed like at the end of the first like three parter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that the becomes one that, uh, their, yeah, the one their Mirage, underwater uh, base. Yeah, the one Mirage but I don't know. Up. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's G one um, kids. Don't try to understand it. Exactly. Yes. It, it's it's they make it up as they go along. Um, the fate of the, what the ship that would become the. Be, be call, eventually be called the Nemesis uh, in the Marvel UK comics was a lot more straightforward. Um, in Target 2006, it's revealed that that ship is still hiding behind Earth's moon, and uh, Galvatron tests his like secret weapon, which is a giant like cannon he built uh, from from the Earth's surface to blow the Nemesis up 
as a test, which is, seems kind of dumb, but whatever. A but, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think even Starscream brings it up where he's like, you know, we might want to, like, go home at some point. Maybe <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. But Galvatron's all like, ah, no, we, 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 we'll do it. You know, you guys aren't going to use that. That's, that's, like, that's like going outside and being like, man, I found this really cool rock. I think I'm going to throw it at my windshield. Just to see how well yeah. this rock works. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> Seems like a good idea. So anyway, uh, Megatron and Dinobot and Rampage make it to the Nemesis. Uh, they board it, and uh, Megatron pretty much discovers that Tarantulas has like, refurbished it and made it like usable by like Predacons instead of Decepticons. So that's like super convenient. And Megatron finds, like, a hard copy of the Covenant of Primus so he can continue quoting from it and whatnot, even though he doesn't read ahead to find out that he loses or whatever. But, you know, whatever. Um, he was the guy who went to the Harry Potter movies like, shh, don't tell me, I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, um, Depth Charge is sent to, like, try and intercept them, but he gets kind of distracted because Rampage is waiting for him, and they, Rampage and Depth Charge have their, like, final grudge match, and... Uh, Rampage, uh, Depth Charge is going to stab Rampage in the, uh, the spark with a shard of, like, raw energon, and Rampage basically lets him do it, and there's a massive explosion, uh, that Optimus Primal and Tiger Hawk, who are above the water now, see, so they assume it's the destruction of the Nemesis, and they assume, like, Depth Charge, like, succeeded in his mission. And then, like, parts of Depth Charge float to the surface, and Optimus Primal's like, oh, yeah, but he did. Oh, well. You know, <laughs> oh, <basically>. jazz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, well. But they very quickly learn, to their chagrin, that it was not the Nemesis blowing up, and it rises from the water, and Megatron gives an evil laugh, and that's where Episode 1 ends, with the Nemesis, uh, with Megatron at the helm, and uh, the, auto, and the uh, Maximals are screwed. Yeah, I, I will say, even though a lot of people say that this was rushed, and, and I mean, you could tell, especially when we get to part two, we'll get to that in a few minutes, but I, I really don't have a problem with part one. Part one was okay. Yeah, I mean, part one's, I think, that is the stronger part, and I mean, there are some, like I've, I might have mentioned during my summary, there are some things that like kind of made me scratch my head and whatnot, but, you know... I think I liked I liked Depth Charge and I liked his like final bout with Rampage. Um, I guess I, like, I was I even like that Rampage. He wasn't even like you know like this will be the fight to the death. You know I'll take you with me. He's like he knows what Rampage is going to do is going to kill uh, Depth Charge. But Rampage is like I just want to die. I'm I'm tired. Yeah, of like a, yeah. I wanted to ask you like what? How do you interpret like Rampage like oh letting go of the Energon shard like? It's the, I guess the the two like possibilities are like he did like you said he wanted to die and he was like happy to die or did he was he like happy that like depth charge like he wanted to see if like he turned depth charge into like a murderer like he was like kind of like like kind of like the joke like the Joker like triumphed over Batman or whatever you know sort of I think you can see a little bit of that in there I, I think I think his main goal though. Just with the way it came off to me, I mean, like I said, I could be wrong. This is all open to interpretation, obviously. But uh, I, it, throughout, like, season two and three, you really get an idea that Rampage is getting more and more and more pissed off with having to, like, do whatever Megatron says. We are, at the moment, at a tactical disadvantage. And whose fault is that? You led us to defeat! Because, for those who don't know, 
uh, Megatron has a part of Rampage's spark. And whenever Rampage... Rampage is not... His name fits. He doesn't really like doing what people tell him to do. He wants to do whatever the hell he wants. But whenever Megatron squeezes on that spark with this little clamp thing he has, it causes Rampage to have an intense amount of pain. So he begrudgingly follows Megatron. He's not a good guy. He just doesn't want to do what Megatron wants to do. He just wants to destroy whatever he can. So I think by the end of the series, he was just like, I am so tired of this motherfucker telling me what to do. And you know what? If I'm going to die, I'm going to have Death Charge do it. You know, if he, he's, he's, yeah. you know he's, he's, got the, he's got the shard, and you know what? If I, can, you know, I, I think it was two birds with one stone. He wanted to die, and I, I can see him wanting to kind of, in his eyes, make Death Charge's victory kind of tainted. But at the end of the day, Rampage was a motherfucker. He destroyed a lot. I mean, you know, he you know yeah. massacred Starbase Rugby. So, I mean, in, in, in effect, is like, really? Did Death Charge do such a bad thing? I don't think so, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Rampage deserved to die. But, yeah, I, I always thought, I always, like like I said, uh, mentioned, like, I always figured it was kind of a, like, Joker laughing because, like, he finally, like, made Batman, like, break his, like, rules or whatever. But yeah, like definitely, I think there definitely is an element of he just doesn't want to live anymore. Basically, he wants to be yeah. free, or or maybe he wasn't sure if like that would actually kill him. So you know, whatever yeah. happens, he 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 was probably pretty happy. You know, yeah. Supposedly his spark was immortal. I mean, he could feel pain, but supposedly he couldn't die. But apparently, we you know, proved that wrong. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, like they established that like Megatron like cut his into his spark with like that Energon blade. So I guess. Like a shard of raw energon would be enough to like like dis- destabilize his spark or whatever. So, yeah, I guess he was like, "Let's see what happens if you do this. <laughs> Let's do it, man." <laughs> um, yeah, so. I know one of the things a lot of people complain about, and I know this is actually one of your gripes. And again, it gets even worse in the next episode, but it does kind of start here. Did you get kind of like frustrated and annoyed that there was a lot of like, but you know, a lot of characters who just kind of got the brush off, like in Nemesis. Yeah, like, not a lot of, like, I don't know, like, I guess it's more in part two, but, like, uh, I, f- I felt like, like, not a lot of people, like, got to shine. Like, I like series finales where everyone gets their moment to shine, and, like, I think I, I, I made a point to count, like, how many lines, like, certain characters got, and I think I think Silverbolt only got, like, three lines in the entire, like, three, two parts <laughs> of Nemesis, and, like, yeah. e- even, like, Cheetor, who is, like, super important, like, earlier this season, and, like, super important in Beast Machines, like, Cheetor only gets maybe, like, five lines total in both episodes or whatever. And, like, they're not even, like, good lines. They're just, like, you know, it's like, it's Megatron, and, like, you know, we've got to go over there and stuff, you know. Well, I I know a lot of people are aware of this, and I know you're definitely aware of this. One of the biggest problems with Nemesis Part 2, I mean, not Part 2, but Part 1 and 2, the the two-parter as a whole, is it kind of got the Sam Raimi disease where they had to, like, stick in Venom. And in this, they were like, "We gotta show, we gotta show Tiger Hawk. We gotta have Dragon Megatron. We gotta have Optimus Prime. We'll do some cool shit." You know, they had to sell the toys, sell the toys. You know, yeah. So that that's always like, you know, I mean, Tiger Hawk's not a bad character. He, he's my avatar tonight, and that's mainly because I like Tiger Hawk, and I wish he could have done more. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, I kind of wish Tiger Hawk was introduced at the beginning of the season, so we had like time to spend with him and what. But it's like the the very next the episode after his debut, and he gets reduced to what I like to call the Billy 
role, and I call it like the Billy role because he's kind of like Mr. Optimus. Like, what's the nemesis? And like Optimus is like, well, Billy, you know, the nemesis <laughs> is like, you know, and he has to explain like ex- exposit to like Tiger Hawk pretty much. So. I was like, oh man, like too bad. Like at least at the very least, he got that kind of cool like Tai Chi scene at the beginning. Like, but yeah. like I guess that was really like the only hint of whatever characterization he might have had. So you know, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, also we also are already missing some great characters already because Tarantulas died, you know, previously, and I don't I don't know anybody who doesn't like Beast Wars who doesn't like Tarantulas. He was just such oh. a good villain. Yeah, the Tarantulas is definitely is one of my favorite Transformers characters. Like, period. Like, let alone my fa- probably my favorite Beast Wars character. Let me let me ask you. Here's another like point of contention like among fans. What do you? How do you interpret Megatron's line about Tarantulas being Unicron spawn? Like, uh, I you know I mean honestly, <clears throat> one of the things if 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 anybody who hasn't watched Beast Wars has not watched it yet, do yourself a favor and watch it. Even if you hate it. You'll like something about it. You'll like something about it. But uh, they did a lot of callbacks. That's what I was saying. At first, it seemed like a hard reboot. But as the series went on, you're like, oh, this is totally G1 continuity, you know? And I think in my in my heart of hearts, I would love for that to be like, you know, Tarantulas is the evil servant of, like, you know, the fucking uh, Teletran 2 database. Tarantulas is the evil servant of Unicron sent to Earth, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, in, in in my head and in my heart, I think it was just more like a slur. Because, you know, Unicron's kind of an asshole, and even the Decepticons See, don't like him. And it's just like, that's, you know, you're Unicron spawn, yeah. you know? Yeah, like, that's the way, like, I think Bob Forward said he meant the line to, like, be interpreted. But I don't think that's the way, like, David K like, read it. Like, 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 wouldn't, I feel like if he meant it as an insult, he should have said something like, you know, uh, treachery from that spawn of Unicron, you know, may yet prove to be, like, my greatest asset or whatever. But he says, like, treachery from Unicron spawn may prove to be, like, you know, the, whatever he says, you it know. It makes it a little bit like more way, legitimate, yeah. Yeah, the way he phrases it, he's saying it like a fact, not like an insult, like a, like Unicron spawn, not that spawn of Unicron, you know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, and you can always, you can always go into like fan fiction territory and be like, maybe he read enough in the Covenant of Primus to know that much, you know. <laughs> personally, like since I love Tarantulas and all, like I'm 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 fine with him being descended from Unicron just cuz I think it makes him like cooler and stuff and like I can see why people might not like it where like, you know, like cuz I mean honestly, like when Beast Wars started, like Tarantulas was just like a cannibal basically and like then like slowly through season 1 you saw like he was a scientist too and then like he had his own agenda and then finally, like, all the way to, to Season 3, it's like, all of a sudden, he's, like, a spawn of Unicron, too? Like, what the... Like, where did that come from? You know, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, or in, like, along the way, it's like, oh, he's also, like, a double agent for the, like, Tripredicus Council and whatever, and, like, he's he's been, like, spying on Megatron this whole time, and, like, I, I can see how it might get a little, like, unbelievable, but I, I was kind of like, you know what, like... I. 
since I like Tarantulas, I think that just makes him, like, more badass, that he's, like, a spawn of Unicron. And, like, that's one element I liked from, like, the BotCon comics that, like, kind of explored that, that he was actually, like, a Unicron spawn and whatnot. Yeah, now don't, now don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with anyone who says that. I'm not one of those people who's just like, no, I'm right, you're wrong, yeah. Now, I, I think either one is, you know, a fine explanation. I, like I said, for me personally, I think that's how it is. However, you know... If you believe that, you know, th- th- there's not like anything that says he's not. So, you know, if, if there was like cold artifacts, like, I don't know, like a Vok came down, he was like, no, you're not spawning Unicron, bye. You know, I would be like, okay, you're wrong. But there's enough there to where you can be like, well, I can see it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, I guess the other people have suggested like the other possibility is that he's descended from, like, the second-generation Cybertronians, like, from the Liege Maximo or, and, you know, Geaxis's like, group or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, the budding Transformers. Yeah, the budding, so. Like, yeah. And I guess, like, that's that's probably equally valid, because, you know, if he's unconcerned with, like, the, the Ark being destroyed, like, if he figures that won't affect him at all, then, like, you know... Uh, that probably means like it's he doesn't descend from like I don't know like either Primus or like anyone who uh, like the Matrix I guess because I guess that would destroy the Matrix too. So he he, he uh, seems to definitely like be out for himself. You know, Megatron has this kind of like grand vision of like you know how he's going to rule and stuff, and Tarantus doesn't really seem to give a shit about anything. He's like, yeah. I will do whatever I want, whatever, whatever makes me laugh today. You're, you know, you're talking about the whole yeah. Joker thing. He, he's kind of like the Joker in that respect, you know. Yeah, well, like the only like personal thing, like a bit of characterization that Tarantulas has is, I think like Black Arachnia brought it up in season two is that he does not like the Valk. Like he hates the Valk and he's afraid of them and he doesn't like trust them. And yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the in the episode before where uh, Tigerhawk, you know is coming to, like, pretty much kill him. Tarantulas is freaking the fuck out. Yeah, when the Valk, and also, yeah, when the Valk, like, come out of Tigerhawk and stuff, he's, like, he panics so much that he kills himself, basically. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he's not even killed by Tigerhawk. He's just, like, so freaked out, you know, it's like, he's like, ah! <laughs> it's like, and you don't see Tarantulas freak out really that much, you know? I mean, he's usually pretty, uh calm and collected, you know, it's like, even when he gets blasted, he just usually goes, eh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's so, yeah, yeah, that, that was definitely like, you know, he, 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 it's, it's really cool how, even though he was not in the, the two-parter, you know, uh, not, to, not to sound cheesy, but his legacy definitely carried on, so. Definitely. Um, something I forgot to add in from the summary, and I guess we'll talk about it next, is, uh, uh, Inferno, Quick Strike, and Waspinator's like quest to find the new colony, and like you know they find like a hive or a hive, like a, a, a like a little like I guess village or den of like the the proto humans, and they decide to take that over. I don't know what kind of plan that is, like or how they expect to like how what it, in Inferno's twisted mind if he thinks it's just a like giant ant hill or something, but. Yeah, I think that, that falls into the whole, like, them not really having anything to do, and they're just like, yeah, subplot, why not? <laughs> yeah, basic, basically, it seems like. But in whatever case, um, Waspinator basically quits being a Predacon, like, because he's, like, sick of, yeah, being treated like crap and blown to scrap. And, okay, Mike, you, know, in, you know you want to do the line. Go ahead and do the line. Waspinator, quit! 
So that means Antbot and Two-Head can just pucker their mandibles and plant big, wet, juicy one on Waspinator's big, fat, stripey, and then he gets blown away. Yeah. <laughs> Waspinator's little moment of shine, he still gets blown up. <laughs> if, I didn't, if I didn't have a cold, I could probably do the Waspinator voice, but it's too hard now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. The, the line still Waspin- shines. Yeah. It's like, Waspinator, quit! <laughs> I, I love how he rips off his Predacon symbol, and it's just like a decal. Like, it's just <laughs> like a little flop. Yeah. <laughs> the, the animation on that is funny, because as Waspinator obviously evolves, he becomes less of a, you know, Terminator Waspinator to more of just comic relief. And just the whole time he's saying these lines, he's, like, flailing about, and he, like, sticks his, you know, big stripy yellow butt in the camera. <laughs> he's just like... At least, like, we complained about, like, characters not getting moments, but at least Waspinator got his moment to shine, like, there. He was just basically like, you know what? I've had enough of of this crap. I'm done. I get blown up every episode. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, poor Quickstrike. He really didn't do anything. No, he just kind of complains and gets hit by spares from the proto-humans or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, Inferno, you can say, did something. But, again, you know, like these three, they, it was obvious for these three they didn't have, like, a real story for them. And they were definitely working with, like, you know, the, the major players, Megatron and whatnot. And they were just like, well, we can write a couple of lines and let's put them here and they'll be padding for the episode, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the the one last thing I want to say about this episode is like like Depth Charge's death is like in like Rampage and Depth Charge's death like I mean they're okay but like I said I think Pri- Optimus Primal seemed like like you know not kind of blasé about it like he was just kind of like Depth Charge has paid the ultimate price oh well like party over here <laughs> like we destroyed the nemesis but, and, and, he was always kind of a dick didn't really like him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and and like like you know they have that final shot of like Depth Charge's wings slowly like sinking to the surface or to the surface to the bottom of the sea, and like like I thought that was all like poignant and sad and stuff. But the the thing that always gets me is like I'm like man, you can see the ball joint on it, like it's a toy or something. <laughs> like I'm kind of like it's like don't worry, Depth Charge didn't really die. Like a toy of Depth Charge died. Yeah. <laughs> the CR chambers are actually a giant child's hand that snaps every everybody back together. <laughs> exactly. Like, they're all made of ball joints and stuff. <laughs> um, just to just go off on a tangent real quick before we uh, move on ahead, I know one of the things you, you actually liked about Death Charge's uh, death, God, that's hard to say, Death Charge's death, um, is because of where he died at in the, like, crystal, like, near the crystals and stuff, and because, like, you know, they just show, like, that wing, you know, settling and stuff. You actually... Uh, I remember you wrote a mosaic about how he would return and stuff. And yeah, used, fused with Rampage. Yeah, basically, I figured, you know, it'd be kind of a, like, sort of like a Megatron and Ratchet, like, fusion sort of deal. I ripped it off from the Marvel comics. But I figured, yeah, like, like Rampage's spark shard or whatever could travel up the Energon blade and go into Depth Charge's body, like when the explosion happened, and then like Depth Charge would like the mosaic I wrote, like Depth Charge wakes up and like that part of Rampage's spark is kind of fused with his own spark, and now he's got Rampage like in his head and stuff. And I thought that would have been a really 
awesome way to bring Depth Charge back to life and be, like, an interesting, like, sort of uh, thing. Like, I got to explore that in, like, the like some fan projects, like the Mosaic and uh, Beast Wars Second Chances, which is... Uh, uh, we did a couple years ago with some people who were part of Mosaic, so like that that was fun. And, yeah. Like, just yeah. just for anybody who's wondering, um, if you want a uh, version of Mike's Depth Charge Two, that is the Universe version, which a lot of people yeah. call the the Boba Fett color. Yeah, basically, I, I, he's like colored like the Slave One, I think, or something. Basically, yeah, but, yeah, he's like red, green, and gray. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was kind of like, you know, he has a red head, so that kind of looks like Rampage almost. So I was kind of yeah. like, yeah, like that's that in my my head canon, that's like depth charge fused with Rampage or whatever. So yeah, so yeah, nothing wrong with that. I just thought it was, I, I like the story. That's why I, you know, thank I you. you. I appreciate that. No problem. Anything um, else yeah. he got on uh, part one? Nope, I was going to ask you, yeah, you think, you, have you said everything you wanted to say about part one, basically? Um, yeah, because I think part two is going to take a little bit longer. I will, I will say, like I said, part one's not bad, and part two isn't horrible, but part one is definitely, like, like Mike said, his, his words, it's, it's the stronger of the two-parter. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. What? I thought we had this all sewed up! Meg's just ripped it wide open. Optimus out. Oh, man. Is it just me, or did he just kind of say, we're all going to die? Okay, so we will move on to Nemesis Part 2, which is written by Simon Furman. Who is um, that? I, yeah, I know. Who is that? Like, it's funny, like, Furman always tells the story about, like, by the time he realized that, like, Beast Wars was, like, actually, like, cool, like, he was, he was, I, I remember, like, reading, like, how he was, like, oh, Beast Wars, what's this crap, or whatever. He was, like, us, basically. He was, like, oh, G1. He was, like, Beast Wars. Well, that sounds silly. But by the time, like, he had realized that, oh, Beast Wars is actually very good, like, the show was, like, ending, so, like, like yeah, Larry DeTillo and, like, Bob Forward were kind of like, you want to write an episode in the third season? And he was like, yeah, I do. And by the time, like, they got to him and by the time, like, the plans, like, panned out, he was like, oh, well, you want to write the series finale? And he was like, I guess so, you know. But, um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm also told that, like, Simon Furman said that, like, while, while he has, like, the primary writing credit for Nemesis Part 2, like, I think Bob Forward actually wrote, like, all the Dinobot parts, since, like, Bob Forward had worked with Dinobot extensively. So most of, like, Dinobot's lines and the scenes revolving around him, I think, are, like, mostly written by Bob Forward. But, yeah, like I said, like, Simon Furman gets the primary writing credit for this episode. So, but, um, anyway, um... It opens up with the Nemesis taking pot shots at the planet Earth and Megatron quoting scripture, I guess the Covenant of Primus or whatever. And, you know, I am Alpha and Omega, <laughs> the beginning and the end. So, uh, anyway, uh, Optimus Primal is kind of like, oh, shit, we're screwed, you know, and he radios ahead to Rhinox and he says, you know, enact Operation Eternity. And everyone's like, <gasps> what's that? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, basically, uh, Megatron's, like, having the time of his life. He's like, oh, my God, like, this friggin' thing is awesome. Like, you know, I I'm awesome. Like, this ba this warship basically makes me a god, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Dinobot says, 
basically says, you know, hey, my spark's feeling funny, like, ever since Rampage, like, blew up, like, it feels like it's been completed somehow, and, and Megatron, like, who is reveling in his, like, newfound, like, godhood, basically, is kind of dismissive of this, and he's like, oh, yes, yes, Rampage dying, it probably did something, blah, blah, let's, you know, let's continue shooting, you know, stuff. So, uh, anyway, that, like, that's, like, kind of, like, paved over for the moment, and, um, Optimus Primal and Tigerhawk start trying to take the fight to the Nemesis, but, like, they really can't do much with their standard weapons, at least, and Optimus Primal gets shot down. Tigerhawk tells Primal to go back to the Ark and, like, prepare everyone and, like, try to come up with a countermeasure, and Tigerhawk will hold the Nemesis off while he does that. So, anyway, Primal takes off, um... The, uh, Tigerhawk starts to, his own battle with the Nemesis. He, like, uses his weather control powers. And, but see, uh, he throws fucking tornadoes at the guy. <laughs> yeah, he starts up some tornadoes around the Nemesis. He uh, He's like, winds aid me! <laughs> Nature, I command you! Bring forth thunder and lightning! And he's like, he yells to Optimus Primal. He's like, I shall meet you at the monorail! <laughs> Uh, monorail. <laughs> the monorail? What? No. No, he's totally, yeah, like, Storm, and he's making, like, lightning storms, and he actually manages to, like, sort of cause, like, a to sort of fry some of the Nemesis's systems, and, like, Dinobot reports that, like, the shields are going down and whatnot. Um, Dinobot also kind of takes note of, like, Tiger Hawk's, like, brave, like, lone stand against the Nemesis, and he's kind of like, you know, this is, you know, this guy's kind of cool, like, this is noble, like, like, I, he, something's, like, touched inside him, basically. But, of course, like, Megatron ignores this, and he says, you know, primary power to fusion cannon, we're gonna shoot this guy down. So uh, the Nemesis's fusion cannon targets Tiger Hawk and fires, and I can only assume Tiger Hawk, like, with parts of Tigatron in him, like, doesn't want the Earth to get scorched, so he meets the blast head-on with, like, an energy blast of his own, and, uh, sadly, the Nemesis's fusion cannon wins out over Tigerhawk's power and, like, basically blows him to kingdom come. Anyway, uh, we cut back to Optimus Primal, who has made it back to the, uh, back to the Ark, um, and he, he hears the, the computer tells him Tiger Hawk's been, uh, terminated and he gives a very Simon Furman-esque like speech to no one, like outside the, the <laughs> arc, like where he screams at the sky, like no more good friends will be sacrificed, you know, Megatron and like, Rat he Trap was not surplus to parts. <laughs> yeah. yeah Rat Trap comes out and is like, how are you talking to? Like, <laughs> no, no, but in whatever case, uh, basically they're, their plan is to move, get the Ark up and moving so they can, like, sort of take the fight to the Nemesis. So that's what they're doing. Meanwhile, the Nemesis is heading straight for them, and uh, it passes over, like, the, the proto-human encampment that Inferno and Quickstrike are still trying to, like, overtake. And they've just about done it, and then they notice the Nemesis hovering above them. And I don't, I can't, I, you can't really tell if Megatron notices them, but, like, it seems like he does, because he sees, like, the human who's, like, threatening, like, uh, Inferno and Quickstrike, who I will term, uh, Gary the Caveman, because he sounds <laughs> just like Gary Chalk. He's like, <laughs> Basically, yeah, so, um, so he decides to shoot Gary the Caveman, because he probably reminds him so much of Optimus Primal with the fusion cannon. 
which I think is a bit overkill, and Dinobot does too, and he says, you know, you're going to waste, like, the entire, like, armament of this warship on one human? Like, where's your sense of honor, man? And then, uh, like, Megatron is kind of, finally is sort of, like, noticing that something's off with Dinobot, and he's kind of like, you dare use the H-word to me. Like, I love that line. (laughs) A poor little word around here, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. So Dinobots... Port Inferno and Quicksack are like, hey, we're here! <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, well, Dinobots kind of like, you know, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry for talking back, but, you know, we should have, we should conserve the power for the greater threat. But, of course, Megatron ignores that, targets the village, and, yeah, Inferno and Quickstrike are on the ground, like, waving, like, royalty, we're down here! And and uh, if I like I said I don't know if Megatron knew that they were down there, but I can only assume he did. And he fires anyway, and you know scorches the earth. And Gary the Caveman gets away, but Inferno <laughs> and Quickstrike do not. Yeah. So I, it should be mentioned one of the reasons why Megatron is is maybe like this is when he got fused with the the molten lava and got turned to a dragon, he kind of went a little Galvatrony. Yeah, he his like I guess we'll mention this later, but his plan doesn't make a lot of sense because I guess maybe he hopes that he like if the Ark gets destroyed, since he has like the the spark of the original Megatron still within him, like he won't be erased by the time storm or whatever. But you know who knows what he's thinking. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that if everybody was like, why is he being such a dick? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, back at the Ark, um, Rhinox is, like, jury-rigged, like, a sort of uh, control panel and uh, something for him to use. And, like, he's kind of like, you know, this this is this technology is totally incompatible. It's too old. Like, this is not going to work. And Optimus Primal's like, well, we got to do it anyway. So, like, he tries to start the Ark up, and it does not work. And it kind of makes me question, like, if this was, like, the last resort, maybe you should have, like, made sure that it would work, basically. (laughs) But I don't know. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Optimus Prime, uh, what do you call it? They notice, they hear something's a rumbling because something's a tumbling, like, towards them. And it's, uh, the nemesis is right above them, basically. And uh, Megatron's kind of like, what do you call it? Okay, let's shoot him with the fusion cannon again. Like, it's going to, this is going to rule. And, Dinobot's kind of like, oh, well, you use the fusion cannon up, like, targeting that one human, so we got to recharge it. <laughs> we've got oh, a, damn it. We've got a whistler warning on the fusion cannon. We used up all yeah, the power. <laughs> the fusion cannon is like, we used up all my power. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, man. So Megatron decides to use the tractor beam instead to, like, sort of uh, tear apart the mountain to get at the arc. And uh, everyone inside starts, like, floating inside the Ark. And Optimus Prime was like, a tractor beam! <laughs> so, yeah, like, the the Ark, the volcano is, like, being torn apart. So Optimus Primal, like, flies up out of the roof and, like, tries to fly up into the tractor beam, which has giant grinder things on the top of uh, the bottom of it, I guess, to, like, destroy anything that gets sucked up into it. Optimus Primal eventually manages to get in there after being, like, knocked the fuck out, and he, like, rips off his wing and he throws it into the grinder mechanisms to jam them up, and he gets gets through there. Megatron is, like, you know, the the fusion cannon's still charging, uh, uh, Dinobot's still having, like, some doubts and whatnot, and, uh, Rhinox is still trying to get the arc to move, and, uh, 
black arachnia steals rat traps like tail whip to like form a like connector cable to like like fix some relay which is with an extremely like weirdly sexual joke where she snaps off the tip of rat traps tail whip and like silverbolt goes oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was, i was like i was like wow that's kind of risky but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah but anyway, um, doesn't he call her like an emasculating fembot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rat Trap does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, emasculating fembot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, so they're doing that, and um, anyway, Optimus Primal makes his way up to the Nemesis control room. Uh, he confronts Megatron, and Megatron's like, "Oh come on, you know, let's have it—the usual destiny and honor speech." And, Meg- and Optimus Primal responds, "Speech this." And like punches them out, which is funny. And and then I don't know. The funniest part of that scene is like Dinobot like sort of laughs at that joke. Like he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just found that funny. But Megatron like takes that one hit, and then he proceeds to basically steal Optimus Primal's wallet. Like he totally trounces Optimus Primal. Like I felt totally bad for Optimus Primal. Like it seemed to be a common theme in se- in season three where they couldn't, like, figure out how to use Optimal Optimus, so they always had him, like, taken out really easily. And, like, this is no exception. Like, like like Derek would say, like, Optimus Primal gets his wallet stolen in this episode, like, by Megatron. Yeah. I don't think, aside from that very first hit, I don't think he even lands another hit on him. Yeah, it's really funny in the toys, because Optimal Optimus is the biggest toy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, size doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So while this is happening, uh, Dinobot's still having his sort of crisis of conscience, and uh, he, he decides, like, it's kind of, like, honor- dishonorable to finish the Maximals off this way. So he decides to give them a sporting chance, and he, like, downloads some data to Rhinox, which, like, points out that there is a Autobot shuttle within the Ark, and... Uh, what do you call Rhinox like notices this and they're like, Oh crap, like this might be our way out. So they head for the shuttle bay and they discover like this Autobot shuttle. And they're kind of like, Hey, wait, the history tracks never said the Ark had like another shuttle aboard. And Rhinox is like history still being made, you know? So I guess this is all preordained. So I guess Megatron didn't read that part either where it's like, you know, and lo, there was another like space, Space canoe within the larger <laughs> space canoe, <laughs> whatever. Your your second in command told them about that. Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, they they get that all up and running. Anyway, like Optimus Primal's still getting his ass beat down. Um, Megatron basically tells Dinobot the fusion cannons at full power. Uh, Megatron tells Dinobot to fire, destroy the Ark, and Dinobot refuses, and Megatron's, like, taken aback. He's like, you know, I'm your creator. I'm your master. Like, why would you betray me? And and Dinobot's like, well, I have my honor. And, uh, of course, Megatron does not like hearing that word and tosses Dinobot aside. And he's about to shoot the Ark with the fusion cannon when Rhinox comes in with the Autobot shuttle that was aboard the Ark and pretty much badassly, like, does what Optimus Primal could not do and, like, knocks Megatron the hell out of the Nemesis' control room with the uh, Autobot shuttle. For for some reason, when that happened in my head, even back then, the only thing I heard was, like, you know, 
Anyway, um, Optimus Primal says, you know, Dinobot, you know, we got to get out of here because everything's blowing up. And Dinobot refuses. He says, farewell, Optimus Primal. And then the control room starts to explode and uh, Optimus Primal, like, jets out of there. And in an a uh, deleted scene, or you can, if you own the Rhino DVD and you watch the complete, like, rough cut animatic of Nemesis Part 2, um, Optimus Primal rips the transwarp cell out of the Nemesis's control room, which will be important later, and flies out with it. Anyway, the Nemesis, like, malfunctions and crashes off into the horizon, where, you know, it'll be found in present day, like in microbots or whatever you want to believe, you know, happened. And, uh, you know, things are pretty much wrapped up, even though they aren't really, like, because, like, Megatron wasn't really defeated. He was just knocked out of the Nemesis's, you know, control room. But, well, you know, we'll get into that. But anyway, in another deleted scene, which you can also see in the Rhino, in the, the Rhino DVDs, uh, like animatic or rough cut of Nemesis Part 2 is uh, Megatron gets the spark of the original Megatron removed from his body, and that's restored, so the timeline is saved. And then the uh, Maximals utilize the Autobot shuttle to leave uh, planet Earth. And uh, they leave a hell of a lot of loose ends there, but, you know, they the Beast Wars are more or less over. And, you know, Optimus Primal, like... Basically, you know, says, like, remember everyone who sacrificed to, like, win the Beast Wars? And, you know, uh, you know, who who would have thought, like, Rat Trap's like, who would have thought old Chapa Face's clone, you know, would have helped us, you know? Even though it says it in the Covenant of Primus that, like, you know, how else can you possibly interpret this? <laughs> and ye old Chapa Face's clone decided to help them guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And, yeah, and, and thus ye old Chopper Faces clone. And, like, Optimus Primal's like, it actually says that. It says Chopper Faces clone, yeah. Oh. Yes. But anyway, like, you know, they leave uh, Megatron in a move that will haunt them in Beast Machines. Megatron is strapped to the back of the Autobot shuttle on the outside, and they go home. Literally in chains. Anyway, yep. Sorry. And finally, like, we end the Beast Wars, like, on a scene of the proto-human tribe, and uh, they're celebrating, and they have elected, I guess, democratically, elected Waspinator as leader of their tribe or whatever, and Waspinator is happy at last, and that's where Beast Wars ends, basically. Yep, that was it. But, yeah, so that's the summary, and um, I will say that while, like, I don't think it's a bad episode, I was left kind of disappointed with Nemesis Part 2. You're left a little wanting. Yeah, it's like too many loose ends, too many things that happen off-camera. Like like I said, like, Rhinox, like, knocks Megatron out of, like, the Nemesis' control room, but that doesn't, like, defeat him. Like, like, Unless, like, we, it would have been nice to see, like, Rhinox, like, smashing him into, into the side of a mountain or something, like, knocking him out or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, couldn't Megatron have just, like, flown off the windshield or whatever? But no, he's just kind of like, oh, no! <laughs> All my plans have been beaten, I am leaving for no reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, I as I said, this this episode seemed very rushed. Yeah, def- even, like, the animation, like... Yeah, it's not as good. There's a lot of errors. Like, you can notice, like, in 
a lot of scenes, like, people are missing body parts. Like, Rat Trap's missing his backpack in a couple scenes where he's, like, floating when the tractor beam is, like, sucking him up. And uh, Dinobot's, like, monocle is flipped on the wrong side sometimes. And uh, and this is something Mainframe is not known for. They're usually pretty good about that kind of crap. Yeah, definitely. And, like, Optimus Prime or Optimal Optimus is missing, like, those shields he usually has on his forearms for, like, basically the entire episode. And, like, there, there are just a lot of friggin', like, uh, animation errors in this episode. And, like, there's, there's that one point where, like, Megatron's, like, in robot mode, and then it cuts away to a different scene. And then when it comes back, Megatron's suddenly in beast mode. And then, like, he, like, flame breaths Optimus Primal and, like, then he transforms back to robot mode. And then, like, it cuts to another scene, and when it cuts back, he's still in dragon mode. So it's like, the, the direction is very kind of sloppy, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, I mean, as people who are, you know, fans of the uh, the line, though, like, basically they had to hurry up and get shit done. Because they were doing... The, the whole reason this all happened, um, just for a little bit of uh, history is that Fox Kids acquired the right to Beast Wars. Beast Wars was a show that was syndicated and it was doing really, really well. Fox Fox got the rights to air Beast Wars, and it was still doing really well. And because it was doing so well, they're like, well, we want to make this a Fox show, so let's do a brand new like, you know, cartoon and stuff, new toy line, everything. Hasbro was totally on board because they want to make money too. So they hurried the hell out of uh, Beast uh, Beast Wars just so they could get the Beast Machines. Yeah, that, like, I recall before Beast Wars Season 3 started, like, they were like, oh, we're all excited because, like, Beast Wars Season 3 is going to be, like, a full, another full, like, 26 episodes or something, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome, but I guess halfway along the way, they were like, no, instead, you know, it's only going to be 13 again, and we're going to switch, like, to Fox Kids, like, so I guess that deed got done, and, you know, Larry DeTillo and Bob Forward were out, and... Bob Skur and Marty Eisenberg were in, and, you know, Beast Machines, like, had to take over. So it's a shame that, like, things had to be rushed to, like, their conclusion, you know, basically. Yeah. I, I, um, I think some of the things that, like, as far as what annoyed me about this episode, a lot of people said this, and this is no uh, insult to, uh, you know, Mr. Furman, but uh, I really didn't like the, the Dinobot thing, how quickly it happened. Yeah, see, that's one of the things that, like, if if I might as well explain this for the audience if they don't know. Originally in Season 3, there was supposed to be an episode called Dark Glass, where the original, where Rat Trap plugs the original Dinobot's programming into the Dinobot clone, and, like, that sort of, like, gives him, like, this crisis of conscience, and it, like, sort of, like, brings the real Dinobot back for a brief time until, like, Dinobot 2 manages to submerge the original Dinobot's personality and return to his normal self. But that would have, like, sort of been a... What do you call it? What do they call it? Like, a Chekhov's gun, like, to to set up what happens in, like, Nemesis Part 2 that, like, you know... Really comes out of nowhere, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but as far... Like, the only explanation we get is at the beginning where he's like, you know, my spark feels different since Rampage blew up. It feels, like, complete. And, like, we don't know what that means exactly. Like, did, like... Like, people, like, have speculated, like, did Dinobots, like, spark return from the Matrix and, like, like plug into Dinobot 2's, like, body, like, when Rampage's spark was destroyed? Or, um... 
Yeah, or if like if like, Rampage was destroyed and his spark went all the way into Dinobot's body, when Dinobot two just be a giant asshole. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like something we don't exactly know what happened. Um, it's we're all we're made to assume is like the destruction of Rampage somehow reawakened the original Dinobot's personality, and like sort not the memories, but like it, it, he does get some memory flashes in this episode. Yeah. So like. It's like it seems like very. It's a very odd and like unexplained. Like you're pretty much to, you have to take it at face value, basically, because there's not a lot of explanation. Basically, yeah. It's just you know here it is. This is this is this is basically our MacGuffin. This is our guy to like you know help save the day and stuff. So enjoy, you know. Like yeah. Oh, well, one thing like I was going to ask you about as far as like stuff that was. This don't even think got an animatic or anything, but it was rumored for a long time. I don't know if it was ever confirmed that it was supposed to happen, but it just never happened. But I had heard before that like Thrust Dirge and Ramjet were supposed to be on board the Nemesis. And yes, yeah, was that was like the an original part of like Simon Furman's treatment, where uh, the Nem like Thrust Dirge and Ramjet would have been aboard the Nemesis, and like Megatron would have reactivated them, and the Maximals would have actually managed to launch the Ark and used it to defend against them and whatnot, but apparently this was all over budget and over time, and they didn't have, you know, they had to, they couldn't do all this stuff, so all that got scrapped, basically. Which sucks, because it sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool, yeah. but well, well. instead, yeah. What can you do? But... See, another like thing that's, like, and I alluded to it during the summary that's very disappointing about this episode is, man, like, Optimus Primal doesn't do anything in this episode. <laughs> like, he gets his ass kicked, like, completely. Like, they're, they're just Rhin building him up for Beast Machines. He's the same way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Rhinox, Rhinox is the one who saves the day, basically. Like, Rhinox is the one who only ha has the only, like, workable solutions, basically. And, yeah, all Optimus Primal does is, like, get his ass beat by Megatron and, like, sort of provide a... Like, he wastes some time and he provides a distraction, basically, and that's about it. Megatron! No! Yeah, like, Dinobot is the turning point and Rhinox saves the day. Yep, pretty much, yeah. And, like, I, I love Rhinox. Like, Rhinox is... If Tarantulas is my first favorite Beast Wars character, then Rhinox is definitely my second favorite Beast Wars character. Oh, yeah, character. yeah. You're not mad that Rhinox saved the day, but you're just like, that really should have been Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel bad. Like, Optimus Prime... Like, and especially since, like, said, like, Season 3, it seems like they really struggled with trying to fit Optimal Optimus into, like, the normal dynamic, because he was, like, so powerful. And what they came up with was, like, he gets his ass... Like, he's not that powerful. Like, he always gets his ass kicked. So, like, Optimus Primal's wallet-taking in this episode, like, is basically uh, compounded by, like, virtually every other appearance in this season where he gets his ass beat down. So, you know, it's it's kind of, like, disappointing when you want to see, like, the, the hero of the show, like, you know, arguably, like, sort of save the day, but... Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, it's just... Like I said, very un unsatisfying in a way. It's like, yeah, just what the hell? Uh, what? Now I, I alluded to this too earlier uh, with Megatron, but like, what? What? How'd you feel about like Megatron kind of going balls out crazy in this episode? Yeah, like he he sort of loses like all that like like I, I I'll say this like personally like 
I know a, Mega Beast Wars Megatron has a lot of fans, and like m- many people will say he's like the best Megatron ever. I think Beast Wars Megatron is an effective villain, but I don't think he's a very good like leader. Like you said, he definitely goes crazy in this episode, and like he becomes like obsessed with like godhood and sort of like, and he thinks like having this warship and like like having I don't know like he thinks the Covenant of Primus like tells him like it seems to like. The Covenant of Primus is basically encouraging him up until a certain point that he didn't read exactly. Hey, like, do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he's like he's like this book is awesome. Like it says how I win, and then oh, I didn't read the last page where it says I lost. You I know? totally don't win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and well, I, well, I think one of the things that really bugs people about that, like people like me and you, I know, like I said, some people love Megatron until they're dying. They, Megatron 2 is what people call him sometimes. But originally, you know, even if he wasn't a good leader or wasn't, like, you know, like, really good at, like, leading his forces, he was very cold and sinister. He had this kind of, like, you know... Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like, he didn't seem like someone who would put a lot of stock in destiny, like, or, or like, fate or, you know, stuff... You know, basically, like, mysticism or whatever. He seemed very based in logic. And, like, even in in the season two, like, finale, where he's kind of like, you know, I was very reluctant to follow, like, my namesake's instructions and, like, try and kill Optimus Prime because, you know, because basically he was uncomfortable with the idea of, like, changing the past, like, basically, because, you know, he wanted to succeed on his own merits. But, like, that kind of goes out the window, like, with this episode. Yeah, it just it's it's you know a lot of people complain about like these machines characters were like you know written horribly. It's like well honestly this one Megatron isn't written like Megatron. <laughs> you know I mean I understand there's an evolution. I understand that like when he got dunked in the lava and he like gets Megatron spark and he turns into a dragon, it's supposed to make him a little bit more unhinged. But even earlier in season three, while he was a little bit more erratic, he was still Megatron. Yeah, you know they were still that same basic character and like. This one, he's just he he is totally Beast Machines Megatron. He's just like, Rah, I will rule the world, and, and yeah, just well, like yeah, he definitely has that same like sort of sense of superiority where like nothing like like I don't know like like I think Justin said when we had our Beast Machines episode like about Beast Machines Megatron where he does he didn't think that Megatron was the type who would want to rule over a planet of drones like he'd want people to know like that he conquered them and stuff and. You know, he want like subjects to rule over, yeah. and like the, sort of yeah. that is lonely little man in his castle. Yeah, yeah. So like it's this, almost the same deal here with Nemesis Part Two, where like if he destroyed the Ark and everything, like you would potentially like rewrite history. So who knows where he'd end up? Like you know, I guess he's like you said, he's just become unhinged. But I don't know. Like it, it's sort of like. It throws away sort of like what I think fans liked about the character that he had like yeah. the plans within the plans within he was like the smooth criminal basically <laughs> you know and like I don't know like he he just becomes a regular mega megalomaniacal Megatron basically yeah uh, and you were definitely right on one thing and I'll I'll feel free to let you you know pause it on this but except for like Rhinox's big moment. And Tigerhawk and Primal trying to do shit, and Primal failing most times. The Maximals did crap in this episode. Yeah, like, 
like Cheetor, Silverbolt, Black Arachne, and Rattrap, all they do is sit around, basically. And Rattrap does his usual complaining. And, you know, Black Arachne gets that one, like, phallic joke about, like, yeah. his like, tail whip or whatever. And then, like, Silverbolt, I think, has, like, I don't know if Silverbolt even has a line in Nemesis Part 2. Like, he, d- he just kind of, aside from going, oh, when, like, you know, Black Arachnia snaps the head off that tail whip or whatever. I don't think he... I, I think he says, like, one thing where he's like, the power cells are failing, like Rhinox or whatever, but that's about it. And, like, yeah, Cheetor says, like, basically only, like, generic dialogue, too, where he's kind of like, Megatron, and, like, we're screwed, and, like, there's an Autobot shuttle. Like, he only says the obvious, basically. Like, so it's kind of disappointing, especially when they, since they'd been building Cheetor up as, like, sort of, like, maturing and, like, being a bigger part of things, like, in the previous episodes. But, yeah, it's kind of it's very disappointing. I, w- I will say one thing that I did kind of forget, because it's been a while since I watched these. Um, a lot of people complain about Tiger Hoth's death, and I thought it was really quick. I mean, it was really quick. But, however,. Now that I remember it, like, I, I read a synopsis before we did the show, and he really did have a pretty badass moment. I mean, he almost crippled the Nemesis by himself. Yeah, T- Tiger Hawk has a very good showing. Like, he has his big moment, and he gets to hold the line, basically, you know. Dinobot kind of, like, shows some respect for him, and, like, like I said, it's a shame that Tiger Hawk like, had no place in Beast Machines, because, like, I think he was very much untapped potential, like, you know. Yeah, and, and and it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, we've already talked about Beast Machines and ad nauseum, but just to tie into that, it's really funny. Like the the Maximal, who's like probably the most mystical and spiritually inclined of the team, is the one who's not in the most spiritually inclined like version of the show. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that's that. Yeah, that's kind of a disappointment too. Yeah, so, like. It would have been nice to explore, like, what the deal was with basically, like, Tigatron and Air Razor's, like, personalities. And really, what, personalities. The, what the fuck yeah. the fuck are? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't really do a good job of, yeah, like, tying that off either. But, like I said, uh, it's not their fault, really. You know, they got, they got shafted. They got their season cut down, and they had to end everything as best as they could. And in that regard, I can, like, I can cut them some slack. But, you know... Basically, I was kind of disappointed with Nemesis Part Two. Like, yeah, it, it it just you know, I don't know about budgets. I don't know about like you know, animation model constraints and all this stuff like that. I'm I'm not a animator. I'm not a businessman. <clears throat> However, it seems to me like Nemesis Part Two really suffers the very similar thing of Rebirth, where it's just like. Sell the toys, sell the toys, sell the toys, try to end a little bit better. Now, granted, Nemesis 2 is better than Rebirth, definitely. Don't get me wrong. But it just seems to be that same mentality, because Rebirth was supposed to be five episodes. Yeah. And it got cut down to three. Nemesis, I think, would have been great as a three-parter. I think if it was three yeah, parts, it would have been excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Been able to squeeze yeah, Well, I guess, it. yeah. Well, I guess it's funny. Like, they have to... I guess they had to sell, like, Transmetal 2, Megatron, and Tigerhawk and whatever. But, like, it's, like, at that point, like, from what I read, like, they weren't sure if they were going to release Tigerhawk as a toy. So that's why, like, they told the, the creators to kill him off. But then, like, they did release him anyway. So, like, but 
it still worked out because they didn't have a part for him in Beast Machines or anything. So, but yeah, you know, got, it's, it's kind of weird, yeah, how it worked out. But he basically had a glorified cameo in the series. <laughs> yeah, more or less. I mean, he was in like what three episodes total, right? Yep. Other victories: Nemesis I mean, One and Nemesis Two. Yeah. Yeah. At least he had a more dignified death, I guess, than like Inferno and Quick Strike did. So. Yeah, at least like you know. Despite only knowing him for like a day, Prime seemed to care more about him than Death Charge. <laughs> I think that's like one of the most like effective moments in the, that. This, if I'm going to say something nice about Nemesis Part Two, like I did like that moment where like the computer says "Unit Tigerhawk terminated," and you see like Primal's face like just fall. Like you know, I think that's a very good moment. I, and, yeah. and then, like I said, he follows up with that very Furman-esque speech to, like, absolutely no one. Tigerhawk, do you copy? I repeat, do you copy? Tigerhawk! Unit Tigerhawk terminated. Uh, no! This ends here, Megatron. No more good friends will be sacrificed to your insane ambition. I swear it. No more. Well, you no, know, it's I still funny. I, I think the primal, like you know, in his head, and this is me going out on a limb here. I think in his head he was like, you know, that wasn't Tiger Hawk. That was Air Razor and you know Tigertron come back, and they just came back and he already lost them again. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. He's definitely feeling feeling the 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 blues, yeah. <laughs> the feels, uh, man. The feels. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm. Uh, yeah, I got I, not, not too much else. You got anything else? I was just gonna say, like, it seemed like they had a lot to wrap up, but it seemed like they left a lot of loose ends on Earth. Like, what about the launching pad that like launched the shuttle? What about like Waspinator? Like, surely like, or and what about like any stasis pods that might have been like remaining? It's like all these like things they did they like didn't have time to tie up. But. Yeah, what about all that maximal technology in the Ark that they left lying around because they were in a hurry to get out? You know, I mean, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, yeah, like I said, I guess I can cut them some slack. But yeah, <laughs> what, what, what about people in the future finding like parts of like Inferno and you know Quick Strike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a Quick Strike mask or whatever. Like, yeah, at least they hollowed. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Like I remember when we, me and like those people were like doing Beast Wars Second Chances, and they want. I wanted to bring Scorponok and Pterosaur back for it, but they. I was outvoted, and they wanted. Inferno and Quick Strike to come back, and I was like, but they hollowed out Quick Strike's like fucking head, like he's dead, like you know, he's he's like you see the, the little girl wearing a Quick Strike mask, like you know, I, I was like, I, I my reasoning was that Pterosaur and Scorponok would be easier to bring back, you know, to life, but I got outvoted. So. I actually, I actually did a mosaic myself on Pterosaur where he becomes a transmetal, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. I do remember that one, yeah. But, but yeah, you would think like you know simple stuff like that. And it's like I, I yeah, it's just very disjointed. And and the thing that really sucks about it is, is I guess since the ending of this was so disjointed, it made Beast Machines very disjointed. Like how the hell did Wasserinator get back? You know, like all that crap. And it just yeah, 
You know, I, I, I think when you end on a weak note, it makes your next series, Beast Machines, start on a weak note because you're kind of like, yeah. what? Where are we going? You know, what happened? That's on, honestly, that's like the even with all our criticism, that's the saddest point of Nemesis Part Two is that it leads into Beast Machines, basically. Yeah, yeah, really. I'd rather watch Nemesis Part Two any day of the week, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So, I think that's about it, though. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing I will say about the last part of uh, Beast Wars is even though it was not the greatest ending in the world. Uh, we've done favorite TV show endings before, and it's not even near my top ten. One of the things I will say about Nemesis 2, though, is since I did love the show so much, I still did feel bad knowing this is the last Beast Wars episode I'm going to see. You know, that did... Yeah, you know, definitely, it, yeah. And I, I mean, like, even that last scene with Waspinator saying, you know, Waspinator, happy at last. Like, I felt like, okay, well, that's a good cap-off to the series or whatever. Like, Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of a lightheartedness, you know. Yeah, give, like, give me something you know, to hope for. You know, Beast Machine. If, <laughs> yeah, Beast Wars did like you know did not shy away from humor, unlike Beast Machines, and uh, like you know ending it on a very light moment was very appropriate. I think like if that if Beast like you know if Beast Machines ended like even though there was that little moment with Waspinator at the end of Beast Machines, like it didn't end on that scene, and like it, that would have been awkward. But like I think it was right for Beast Wars. Yeah, I, I think all things considered, if you want to give it a rating. I don't know if you want to do this or not. I would give Nemesis Part 1 and 2 together as one episode. I give it a, I give it a solid 7. It'd be a lot higher, but Part 2 kind of drags it down a little bit. But it's definitely yeah. above average, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, like, I'd give, like, Part 1 an 8 and Part 2 a, a 6, so it'd average out to, like, a 7, basically, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, uh, for, for the record, folks, like I said, I said this two or three times during this show, if you haven't watched Beast Wars, give it a chance. It is not bad. It is really not Definitely. bad. Definitely. Like, I, I'm, I'm well known probably for, like, people will say, like, season one of Beast Wars is the worst one, but I'm, a, I'm well known for defending season one and saying that season three is the most disappointing season. So, you know, obviously maybe I'm a little biased towards Nemesis Part 2 then, but, you know, I just think, like, season one has more, like, since it has 26 episodes, it has more time to do, like, nice character-based stories and doesn't have to sell as many toys and whatnot, but, yeah, like, you know, it, it's still, like, it's all quality still. Like, even if if I think season three of Beast Wars is pretty weak, it's st- most of it is still quality, you know? Yeah. Let me put it this way, folks. Everything we said about Beast Wars tonight, this is going to be the exact opposite when we do an episode like Carnival for Armada. So enjoy the, the goodness right now. Enjoy the happiness right now. <laughs> yeah, it's we're not going to end on a, like, you know... I'm, like, I think we're all richer for having Nemesis Parks 1 and 2 instead of not, like, you know, poorer for having Carnival, basically. Yeah, I so. know, right? Exactly. Um, so, uh, well, I think I think that's about all we can say about our good friend Beast Wars today. What do, what do you say, sir? Yep. I'm, I'm, what do you call, this is the, the Alpha and the Omega, or just the al- the Omega, so, you know, this, this is the end. I am Alpha and Omega, Optimal Optimus. Now and forever, until the end of time. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining me tonight, uh, Mike. Um, I'll let you sign off here in a minute. I just want to let everybody know, if you like our Fan Holes podcast, we do put up new content every week. Some Now, now we've been doing it twice a week. We've been doing these sideshows. We've been doing blogs, top ten lists, um, all kinds of good stuff for you to like get into on the uh, 
Fanholes podcast uh, website uh, proper. That's Fanholes podcast. Um, podcast at blogspot.com. And we also have a Twitter. We have a Tumblr. We have an email. Uh, <clears throat> Fanholes podcast at a uh, is it Gmail or Hotmail? Uh, Gmail at gmail.com. Send us any of your uh, comments, criticisms, complaints. We will read them on the air. We don't care if you love us. Awesome. If you hate us, we'll still read it. We don't. We we are welcome to any kind of input. We have a Facebook page. Like it. You know, give us the thumbs up or you know. Sure. And, yes. Your hate and criticism feeds us. <laughs> makes us stronger. Um, <laughs> it makes us stronger. <laughs> Do it. Um. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think of anything else we have off the top of my head. Yeah, that's about it right now as far as the ways to get a hold of us. Um, I'm missing our, our fellow fan host tonight. Our, our good friend Derek's at a con. Hope you enjoy yourself. Um, our good friend Brian is busy doing real life stuff, so hopefully he's having fun this weekend. But I've enjoyed my time here today, Mike. Uh, what do you What do you think? You think it's time to sign I, off? I always I always like talking Transformers with you, Tony. I think you and me are like the the biggest, and well, Brian too probably. But we're the biggest like Transformers fan of the fan holes, so, you know, we, we always have good discussions about them, so it's always fun. Yeah, we're kind of nerdy that way. So, <laughs> uh, until next time, just to let you know, there will be more Transformers Tuesdays. This is not ending anytime soon, and I believe Mike has the next topic. I won't spoil it. We'll just let him talk about it next time. And until then, this is Tony Chanclaw. And it's Mike Thunderwing. I'm here! No, don't shoot! <laughs> Peace! Speaking speaking of Gary Chalk, uh, he actually shows up very briefly at the beginning of uh, the new Godzilla movie. Or well, by the time this episode airs, it'll probably be the old Godzilla movie. <laughs> that Godzilla movie yeah. that came out like six months ago. <laughs> but yeah, like he's he's like the boss of the power plant that like Brian Cranston works at, and like Brian Cranston's like you know the readings are off the scale, like Gary Chalk, and Gary Chalk's like whoa. <laughs> Exact transcript from the movie. <laughs> <laughs>